This is OBS Radio, a service of OBS International, a division of Greater Works Business Services. Welcome to OBS Talk Show Presents. I'm Keith Williams, your host. And in this podcast, we uh, typically, we have guests that come on to uh, share their expertise and knowledge on issues and topics that are relevant in the news. So these are issues and topics that are in the news is what we cover here. So today we have Erin Scott with us as our guest. And uh, just like me, she is a podcaster. Uh, we will be talking about that uh, uh, later. Her podcast is called Here and Now. Uh, no, it's traveling down the Delta Blues Highway, actually. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's what it says on your, yeah. uh, your profile, but. Ah. And she's, no, she's, yeah, like, no, I did a very old uh, piece about uh the uh show uh uh what was it the uh something about uh the biscuit yeah so yeah it was very old at this point because the host has um, left um, even yes (laughs) okay yeah it's old it's old but yeah it went national so it was good and understand it used to work for npr as well i did actually it's different i did work for npr west I worked really from American Public Media and the show Marketplace. So yes. 
so that's dope. how I have some background in yes money and business um I want to welcome you to the show officially okay thank you okay my pleasure let everyone know who is Aaron Scott Aaron Scott is somewhat of a vagabond my history was in theater which to me makes sense uh technical theater is actually downtrodden or not thought of as a thing that is of interest or something that can be used but technical theater actually you are learning well i learned sound which took me into radio and national public radio and commercial radio uh, but also with technical theater I've learned carpentry, um, let me think, welding, event management, and lighting and electricity and other things. So it's better than, let's say, English literature. This is a degree that people can not, in my opinion, write off on. So if you want to or your child wants to study theater tech, it is something that you should not just say, why is my kid wanting to do that? There are different skills that all my friends from technical theater are doing now and using their degree that parlay into their job and makes sense into their job. So the, the main thing that we, you know, discuss uh, here was uh, is inflation, understand that you, uh, uh, worked at NPR, and this is one of the things that, uh, you know, you've been dealing with here. And obviously, uh, inflation is like one of the top um, news stories in the last couple of months. So what what have you, uh, so what are some of the things that you have covered in relationship to uh, inflation? I want to push it back to you for a minute. What do you think, or what would you describe inflation as? What do I think inflation is? Yeah. Uh, well, if I if I had to, I'll give you two answers today. Okay. The uh, first answer I'm going to give you is uh, is the textbook definition of inflation. Mm -hmm. uh, so the textbook explanation of inflation is uh, the rise of cost of, of a product or service or something uh, based on uh, the rising demand of, of costs of other things uh, such as raw materials uh, that we know right now, you know, for example, a lot of utility companies, they're rising their rates because of fewer you know, cost. So there is a cause and effect supposedly that comes with, you know, inflation. And then if I want to give a grassroots definition of that uh, in America, I don't think that we really dealing with inflation. I think we're dealing with is price gouge. That's interesting. The Oxford English Dictionary uh, with inflation and economics, because there are different uh, types of inflation. They say it is the 
increase of prices and the fall of purchasing value of money, which is interesting. We will talk about money in a, in a little bit longer. Their sentence was, was policy aimed and controlling inflation, which I found quite interesting as a sentence as well. They were using, yes, policies. Right. According to the FEE Foundation for Economic Education, if you ever find yourself on a section of CNN's website, which I went to, they said there was a fear and you gotta go far up and it's tiny to find it. There is a click through, it's a small ticker called Fear and Greed Index. And you're right about that. That it's that fear Look at how we had that toilet paper shortage. You had all and even other things, but everybody was running for that toilet paper and then for, good, we, for good reason. <laughs> and then we had uh, the baby formula shortage. That was different because you had also a government and things not looking forward with a plan. So again, we're looking at policies and other things that were going in on that. Toilet paper was a different thing though. Think about that. That was the fear, just like, you know, George Orwell, you know, having that radio story come out and everyone freaking out about that. So, so that, I would say, yeah. COVID, like there was a lot of, uh, you know, there was a lot of fear that was associated with that. And so people decided they wanted to, uh, they said, well, I got to stock up on toilet paper. I got to stock up on water. Mm -hmm. um, I got to stock up on PPE, personal mm -hmm. protective equipment. Mm -hmm. Just know, like a hurricane. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, but also, too, uh, I think it was either 2019 or 2020, we, we saw a, a dramatic decrease in oil prices. Mm -hmm. uh, that suggests that at that time, a barrel of oil was negative $36 a gallon, mm -hmm. you know, at that time. And that really shot down gas prices uh, mm -hmm. to the point that uh, I think at that time, gas prices was equivalent to that of the, of the mid 80s, mid and late 80s. It was like under $2 a gallon. And, mm -hmm. now, and now we're seeing uh, uh, increased sharp in gas prices to what I think that national average is close to $5 a gallon. Now, now in certain places, um, it has gone under $4 a gallon. Um, I know here in Alabama, we are actually below the national average. That's right. Uh, the biggest deal is though, according to Forbes, is one article they wrote was Biden, uh, one of, it was the first day or second day, he killed uh, by a national, or excuse me, executive order, uh, the killing of the Keystone uh, pipeline. And they say it was an energy security blunder. And they said the moving of crude by truck or rail is far more polluting and hazardous than moving it by brand. And I'm quoting this. Uh, Okay, let me back. Moving crude by truck or rail is far more polluting and hazardous than moving it by brand new environmentally sensitive pipeline, 
which the Keystone, Keystone system, if completed, would be and thus was not consistent with the environmental objectives of the Obama-Biden Obama administration. Heavy crude was needed because most refineries along the Gulf Coast are set up to process the grade of crude. We've been told by the media that we don't have any system that processes crude oil. So I'm curious what kind of narrative or what's going on because we've heard or I've heard that a lot of the offline refineries or what's going down, I did not know that we could process crude oil. So I'm curious about that. I haven't done the research on that, but something is going on where we were somewhat able to be and keep our prices where they needed to be. And now it's changed. And yes, yes. So, so how do we end up? So how do we end up under $2 a gallon to over $4 a gallon in about two to three years? You got to look at your state first. You got to look at your state taxes. Well, see, I know what happened. Mm -hmm. See, in Alabama, uh, Governor Kay Ivey, mm -hmm. uh, she pushed uh, a 10 cent gas tax increase that was um, passed by the state legislator. That's part of our problem. Mm -hmm. So we start out two cents, then it goes to five cents, then it goes to uh, 10 cents. It was a terrible bill from the start. And the mm -hmm. way that went about it was an absolute con scam. And mm -hmm. so what happened was she said, okay, um, this was back in 2018. And she was like, okay, if you consider pushing the gas tax, we'll talk about having a lottery. Right. And that's and so the deal too. It's like, okay, most lotteries, they say they're going to education where it really is. And I feel like, and I've felt this since I've voted forever. Why, like with Freakonomics, they call that the pyramid thing. We need to be as voters are questioning, and even now, especially with the stimulus package and saying, hey, where'd that bucket of money go and stuff. I really wish we as voters or say whomever, we need to audit or we need to say, hey, guys, who's, why are you flying jets? Why, wh what, what, you know, even with the, my council member, did this money go where you said it was going to go or where it should have gone? So I think there's a real question of, yes. The other thing is even statewide or national, you're putting things into a bill that you don't even know about. So you need to have, and I wish libertarian, left, right, whomever, I would hope, and I don't, it probably won't ever get passed because politics, could we please just have a bill that says one thing only? We see it, we know it, a bill's not 400 pages. It says, this is what it is. We want it or we don't. I, I think it's designed that way when a bill is actually uh, you know, put together. Nine times out of 10, these bills are not even written by the legislators mm -hmm. themselves. It's some uh, corporate interest. It's some 
special interest that is actually writing these bills. And then they go to these state houses on Capitol Hill and say, hey, you know, you know, some of them are actual lobbyists, some are lobbyists wannabes. And they and they say, okay, you know, this is what we want. You know, go, you know, go do your thing. And so that's how a lot of bills, you know, get passed. It's, it's very rare that you will have an actual legislator member who actually write bills. Like for example, in Alabama. Write the bill or read it. Read it. Like in Alabama, you know, when I go to uh, Montgomery, used to go like two or three times a year uh, during the legislative session. And we discovered that me and my colleagues in Montgomery, uh, we discovered that a lot of these uh, legislative members, number one, they don't write the bills themselves. And number two, they don't read these bills. And then number three, they are very ignorant when it comes to the issues in these bills. And the fourth thing that I want to bring up is that the language that they put in these bills, they do mm -hmm. it by design so that we're so it'll be difficult for the average citizen to, you know, to understand. So in other words, we really don't know what's in these bills. You know, we could have a bill that says, you know, okay, uh, your electric bill is gonna go off a thousand percent. But they put it in such a way that you're not gonna get the underlying, you know, picture of what's going on. And so in our topic of inflation, um, we're seeing that, you know, companies, they are, you know, they're producing product, but there's also something that uh, called shrink nation, you know, where, you know, they'll make the product, but they'll shrink the, like, go to your grocery store, go to your local grocery store. Like all yes. of your canned your can goods are are, are are smaller than what they used to be. The packaging is mm -hmm. smaller than what they used to be. It, either it's the same price or the price, you, you know, goes up. And they say, okay, well, it's, you know, fuel costs, you know, you know, the trucks that come in to, you know, to bring us the food, they are experiencing a rising cost of fuel in order to get the, the groceries, the product, you know, to the stores. And so what these there stores is. do is that they will, you know, they will mark up the price to make up for the loss. So in other words, you and I as consumers, we're, we're paying the price for something that's. Even on the grocery shelf, you're seeing how they are filling the shelves because they're not getting the supply that you had in the past. Right. The other um a friend of mine in Mississippi, single mother, which this will tell you really easy numbers. She said even spaghetti went from a dollar to a dollar forty-eight. So there's a real easy number to give you on that. Uh, as of June of this year, the consumer price index said cereal is up three point eight percent right away. So I don't know, even smaller cereals up. So you go to buy any box even if it has smaller less you're paying 3.8 more meat they've chunked up peat meats poultry fish and eggs together so there you go 13.5 percent now 
you could at least get your eggs from different places i think because everyone has chicken coops now or you could go to your uh farmer's market so i like that idea on that one right uh, fruits and vegetables i found interesting if you're going to the local grocery store up eight percent today i'm just you heard that maybe a thunderstorm uh did not go to the, our farmer's market but they said that you're probably your grocery store vegetables and fruits are up eight percent and again that's because of that and then like you said with gas even in alabama gas is up 50 percent but that's an average and you know we don't know because i've driven excuse me driven from georgia to texas and then traveled by airplane up from Georgia to Chicago to Milwaukee and even crossing the border from Illinois to Wisconsin, you see a total difference in the price of gas just because of taxes and whatnot. Right. So right. it's, yeah, you're seeing a lot of things happening on that so, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Here's the, you know, here's the thing though. In the last couple of years, we, we seen a, uh, oil companies, for example, they're making tens of billions of dollars in profit. So, I mean, should we have a conversation? You're digging into the National Reserve, though. And where we were before was we were completely independent. And all of a sudden, once we quit and under a uh, uh, presidential or whatever executive executive order, we were not all of a sudden and mostly independent and things went up. So there was not what we call an SOP. There was not a standard operations uh, procedure to move on. So there is a problem with why we are where we are. That is why there is no other reason why um you've got even on uh they're saying okay we can drill oil on national land well the leases aren't given out yet even though they've said hey we're going to move forward they're not getting they're not letting them move forward so there is a saying but things aren't happening so there's a problem with that um you've also got uh within legislation and buying and things like that. People don't know that there are basically three hedge fund companies that are basically running our country versus us as a voting entity running our country or having a say in our country. Have you ever heard of uh, Larry Fink? That name sounds familiar. Yes, he's a hedge fund of, uh, I think it's Blackmark. Have you heard of that? Black Rock, excuse me. No, I haven't. haven't yes, heard. yes. He has a big say into how things are run and what you're saying is all of that. So what basically whatever what the hedge funds are doing, he will um, basically say this is how things should be run instead of basically how because of capitalism and what you're talking about with oil and everything else that's going on be it cereal, be it all this, what's on your shelf, all of that. So like you said, with percentage of eggs, all this, this and this, you need to bring competition to the table. 
And this is the problem as well with us being locked down and our mask mandate and not being told where we can go out. Everyone was buying online. That's the biggest problem. And this was a problem before pre-COVID. And I would always hashtag buy local because your local store would give to the community, be it the football game or whatever. Right. Now, I would see people holding their hand a product, be it a book, be it, I don't know, a toy, whatever. And they would say, oh, I can buy this you know, for less and get it shipped in two days on Amazon. Amazon isn't going to give back to the community. And you know what? Possibly in a year or two, you've killed that store because that local store cannot survive. Also, you're going to have an empty building. And even because I'm mostly in Savannah, but basically in the suburbs of Chicago, I'm seeing all these strip malls just dead. And currently, they're being torn down. But everyone, franchise-wise and everything, blew up too much, and it's gone. Look at Toys R Us. Do you know what's happening there? I'm sorry, what was that? Toys R Us. Do you know what's happening there? Do you remember what happened to Toys R Us? Um, not really. Yeah, Toys R Us shut down completely. We lost them, I think, two years ago, three years ago, maybe? Yeah. Okay, so we had these big, and they even, I think, uh, downsized. But you have all these somewhat warehouse stores. What's your memory of t Toys R Us? Do you have any memories of Toys R Us? They're commercials. Just the commercials, okay. Yeah. Uh, Mom says when I went as a kid, she thought it'd be, we, my brother and I were two years apart, would be so happy. And we were just like, eh, whatever. But, you know, kids loved, and a lot of people have, because a lot of it, my thing is, do you have a food memory? But a lot of people have that memory of walking into Toys R Us and seeing games, seeing all this stuff. Well, it's gone. It's gone because of Amazon. Amazon has taken up and closed down too much. Well, Toys R Us is now going into Macy's. Macy's was going under, just like JCPenney. And you've seen all these malls and these malls changing. Or you don't have those anchor stores anymore. Now, hopefully, Macy's will survive a little bit or the depart department store has changed because Toys R Us is coming on in before Christmas. You've seen Starbucks evolve. Because you can go in, your mom, the mom, you know, with their baby, you can get a Starbucks, get a coffee go all over target and shop and even target kind of closed down macy's because they say they took the same idea of a department store like macy's used to be and take it and chunk you know where everything is oh all this brand is here Ooh, i'll go here and ooh, i'll take this and oh this uh you know uh, clothing line is only here for a limited amount of time then then there's your supply and demand right there 
So uh -huh. there's your capitalism and there's your supply and demand or your want. So but, all the, you know. All the, so all of the, mm -hmm. the news that we hear about inflation in the media, how do we, how did we get to this point? How do we, how do we got, how do we got there? We're making monopoly money. You can't, you can't do any more. Uh, let's see, where do I have some money, things on this? Uh, somebody quoted against, I think it was Scripps, that this budget is slowly increasing as the president's budget for the, no, that wasn't that. Uh, the Federal Reserve Bank, this is somebody else, uh, can and does regulate the supply of money by printing more or less of it. And this is the factor that causes inflation, deflation, or stability in prices. And we have seen the Federal Reserve already do some of this. It's been this way for a long time. You know, we don't even know, or I don't even know where the gold is. And we haven't had gold backing our money for a long time, but we can't print more. We can't give out more. The more we say we're going to give or make or do whatever, that's going to be more inflation. We've got to say, yes, let's go out, get you, get you out. <laughs> and like I said, I feel like give yeah, support local in a lot of ways will help inflation a lot. And part of that is, yes, getting people to work. And part of the problem with getting people to work, like you said, and you're wanting me to say, is we've got to get travel, transportation, or gas down. I've been offered jobs because uh, of interest. And the wage doesn't really factor into my mileage. So I could be really excited about a job, but it would take me, it takes an hour out of the first hour of my wage to drive there. So I'm losing two hours worth of money to get there. The saying that, yeah, 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 we got the minimum wage hike it didn't do anything. We don't really have a minimum wage that's higher when you've got inflation and your groceries and everything costs more. So you may be making less than before the minimum wage was uh, risen. Right. You got to think about this with inflation. So yes, there are some things that need to be dealt with. So having, the problem is, is that, yes, you can't ask the government to do more. You can't ask or cry for more policy. Um, let's see. Uh, you got to bring competition to the table. And like I said, part of that is don't buy online. Part of that is be a part of your community. Part of that is, yeah, get off your couch. You're seeing a lot of this if you're on Facebook. You know, have a budget, but also see 
you know, where you can cut the costs and get out there more. I, even though I have a budget, my parents are supporting me because I'm on disability right now. I have to go out to be social. I've seen the profit margin go up, yet uh, the socialization is good, but people are also not having <laughs> uh, manners and aren't treating the wait staff like they should, uh, even though everything is short staffed. In California, I don't know, his, pers his personal narrative was that he went in for a job interview and they said, well, we're really not looking because we're getting government money. So there may be a problem with that statewide. In Mississippi, in Northeast Mississippi, a gas owner, a station owner that I talked to uh, probably about 10 years ago that I keep talking with, he started out with first, he had the grocery up front and the cafe in back. And on the side, he had uh, his fish and hunting type stuff on the side. When I talked to him a few years later, he saw he had to change. And when he changed, he moved the uh, fishing and hunting stuff and the cat the cafe still stayed where it was and the grocery had moved so he had swapped that and he also to keep his staff going he excuse me he um uh, rotated his uh cooks so that they could be happy so they had you know this is my dish we're going to put this out today so that's how he kept his staff going the biggest deal was with his profit margin and so he wanted to keep his price the same so he cut as you'll see a lot of times the portion smaller the problem was with that all his customers were workers or craftsmen or however you want to say it and they came up to him and they said you can't do this we're starving by the end of the day or we can't going we need that sustainability or however you want to go with that so he had to raise his prices and keep the portion the same. That was the first time I learned about or thinking about the commodity of meat or beef or whatever, because he talked about the com commodity of ham, uh, one Thanksgiving to another. Um, nowadays, the last time I talked to him, right before I talked to you about the podcast, was that uh, I asked him about the commodity of beef. He says the beef will rise partly because we are looking at fertilizer so much coming from Russia. Why are we doing this? And again, we're looking at talking about environmentalism. Ireland uses what they call slurry, which is using basically cow manure as fertilizer. Now you run across and running all over, <laughs> it smells, but there is something to that, just like methane gas as something as a, uh, way to use as a product of uh, energy. So no one's talking about that. The media isn't asking these questions, but that is one way to deal with what we're gonna have to deal with. Uh, so yes, there are ways to answer our questions of short-term or even long-term, how do we get through this? The other deal is, just beef in general or anything in general, what's going down? I've been in Arkansas with my aunt and other family members, and you've got Tyson running the show. So again, 
how do we keep and you know you'll see that in the media and i'll agree with the media on that one there are too large we've got too many large uh groups of owning a certain amount of food so how do we break this down and again going to your local market do they have somewhere that processes or have a local butcher so we need to change our thought process even though you may be paying a little bit more right now you're breaking down what is and somewhat kind of changing your capitalist thought and changing the economics and breaking down inflation so we don't have this anymore or ever again uh, so let, let me get this straight. You're mm -hmm. saying that that we can cut down inflation by shopping local. Well, you're not driving. How do you feel about that? You're well, supporting I'm... local. You're supporting local. You're going, you're joining a co-op, which may be a, even, even a city. You may have a, urban uh you know uh growing your own food oh yeah most anything definitely. like that you know there are why are we getting avocados from mexico and the price goes up you know know where your food's coming from yeah we like our cherry what's what is in season too you know ask those questions Yes, we like our food. Where are they coming from? What is what, happening? So, so what what are your thoughts on you know you know we're in America is dealing with inflation, understand it. But what do you think about you know companies that are taking advantage of that in order to increase their profits? Backtracking to it, what do you think Amazon is? Define Amazon for me. Amazon is a monopoly to me. Mm -hmm. And what all do they have right now? Well, um, let's see. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I, I remember. I, was, that, mm -hmm. I, I, I remember that they uh, was. I remember that they bought the Washington Post. I remember mm -hmm. that. Uh, so that's media. So they're manipulating us on that. Now they're talking about uh, now they're talking about uh, privatizing uh, healthcare, particularly Medicare. Mm -hmm. and saw that, you know, on the news. Uh, what else? They they purchased several other uh, businesses as well. I can't think of on the top of my head. So yeah. they're definitely they start out in books. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. So you don't even have a competition, even there, you know, Barnes and Noble is heading by a thread. You do have an uptick, excuse me, in local bookstores, thank goodness. Um, shopping online, you can do anything. Yes, in rural America and other things, that's great. I agree with that. But yeah. What if somebody wants to have a local store? They're competing with the giant. 
it's a goliath (laughs) so yes you gotta look at yes you're dealing with something that isn't yes going to happen and again like i said we can't print more money and the deal is what is happening with this money again when i worked the 20 well it's what they say what 2007 to 2009 great uh inflation or whatnot uh great recession is what they call it there was a housing bubble they gave loans to people that should have never gotten a loan people didn't pay on their mortgage they were buying houses making that houses so you had empty half-built houses in suburbs again you probably had the come on i'm guessing you can't you know say aaron's the expert on that i'm guessing like now because we were in this uh with covid and everyone to want to refurbish the house the commodity of uh lumber and whatnot went up i'm sure during the great recession and the housing bubble you had the commodity of all those supplies go up it it wasn't it wasn't what it should be i worked like i said 2007 when the markets crashed i worked that night i had a guy at a bar say he was a conspiracist and i was like i hadn't thought about that but we have if you look at uh, the guardian uh at a business article uh it was and i feel i agree with it it was one man it was a 31 year old man french uh, rogue trader and he figured out wanted to help uh his uh the second largest bank in france uh make money but he crashed uh both the french cac germany's dax and the euro stocks and we were working in los angeles in the middle of the night trying to report on something before the markets opened in uh america and we're like what is going down everything was just on a down slope i questioned i reached out to two of my friends that i used to work with at marketplace and i wondered if even if america we had shut seen it seen it coming and because i don't know who could do it but someone in our government government could do it if we could have shut down our market would things have been different that day you know we have federal holidays where stock markets close uh it's one it's an interesting hypothesis you'd have to talk to a true economist to see if you know what they think on that uh but yeah it was an interesting time and again you have all these guys doing you know uh playing with the numbers and playing with stocks and playing with uh what we call candle uh trading or like now it's basically bitcoin and you know or uh cyber currency or whatnot but yeah they're still playing playing the numbers and playing up and down and things like that so yeah um but again what is currency is the biggest question now what backs it and if we keep making more money that has your money has less and look at how now all of a sudden our dollar equals the euro and that hadn't happened hardly in what 20 years 
So that's, that's inflation on a lot of sides and a lot of ways and a lot of ways to think about it. That question has not been answered in year in over 20 years. Mm -hmm. Yep. What, what is our money is, is backed on. And mm -hmm. also you want to point out too, that like you mentioned something about the great depression. Uh, that we recession, know. recession. Now we also know that during that time, during the thirties and forties. Well, yeah, we'll go. You, if you want to go back there, but yeah. Yeah. You, um, I didn't live that one. Shut up. <laughs> well, I did. <laughs> Learning in economics, uh, you know, you know, I, you know, had to butcher down my throat during the economics class. Okay. Yeah. Um, about the the federal government yeah. down on all these monopolies, uh, particularly back then. Uh, you have one particular oil, you know, oil company. It's like really one oil company, you know, that monopolized the whole market. Uh, I think it's called Standard. And due to- It was a Standard Oil Company, yes. Right. And uh, that was, um, the, the Rockefellers has something to do with that. Pretty much, mm -hmm. the, pretty much the whole family. And they said that they uh, have violated the Sherman, uh, Sherman Antitrust Act, which I don't know if it's in existence anymore. And then mm -hmm. they were forced to uh, break up into smaller companies. They was forced to break up that monopoly. Now, right now, we really don't, you know, see a lot of that because, you know, every time you turn on the news, you know, you got two or three companies there, you know, are merging together. And they said, well, this is the second largest whatever company. Well, that's you know, where you have world. Larry Fink and uh, BlackRock. And basically, we don't own BlackRock. BlackRock is the East India Company of our times. And America never wanted anything to do with East India Company and what they were doing. So we're going back to that. So we, and, we yeah. So we, we've literally have gone back to, as far as corporations is concerned, we literally have gone back to, to the 1930s. I would say no. We've learned lessons. And um, the biggest deal is people need to learn about uh, the hedge funds mm -hmm. and uh, learn about especially BlackRock and Larry Fink. His name doesn't come out enough. And what the hedge funds are doing, because in many ways, they're running our company as, or excuse me, country as much as uh, whom you're voting for within our government because they're saying this needs to be influencing you and you and you and you. So your vote doesn't count as much as what you're buying into as a hedge fund. Why, why is this not getting, uh, why is this not getting a lot of attention? Like you said, wrong. it might be Amazon, you know, Washington Post. It may be other parts of the media that choose not to do that. So I do not know. But I, I mean, I do know politically that people. Oh, and Vanguard. I can't remember the other one. There are three that are a triple. So people Cryptic. are just like fed up politically. They're saying that, you know, I don't want to participate in politics anymore because I think a lot of people are, you know, they're saying that you know, my vote really doesn't count. You should vote still. No, don't get me wrong. I think though, um, 
we're being pushed a lot by the media in other ways possibly toward a one-party system i think we should be a three-party system uh libertarian uh needs to be pushed more i think more of us feel that way that we need less government and we should move in a certain way and have our say that way but it's going to take a long time and go for it i i I definitely agree with that i think with this with the, the two major parties that we're you know that we're dealing with is um and this is just my opinion i think that they're both parties are cut from the same mode uh they just have a different path you know of achieving the same thing and that there's and people think that there is no other you know option because correct my opinion that this is something this is the narrative that the media is pushing the other deal is is because you know libertarian or an independent may not get enough votes so you have to choose. Um, right. I don't want to get baited into something else, so I won't say it. Uh, there was, no, I won't do it. No. <laughs> Just, uh, yes, you should look at policy versus personality and vote in that way and hope that they stick with that policy when they go in and be very hopeful in the policies that they promise. Um, the, uh, um, in your opinion, you know, you know, I, I hear this on social media all the time that- Well, get off social media, it's cancer. <laughs> yeah, we, 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 <laughs> but you're a podcaster, so. <laughs> we, we, it comes to why, it makes why you, you angry. Think, Don't do that. <laughs> why, why do you think people are blaming one person for all that's been happening in the last web four or five or maybe 10 years? Why are they blaming one you know, person? Like, for example, uh, you know, people are blaming the president because of the rising you know, gas prices. Hmm. It's an interesting question. Uh, Well, again, I think it's. People voted personality, possibly uh, because of COVID. Also, social media helped in a lot of ways in. I saw a lot of people scared and putting out anger. So you've got a lot of that going on. You've also got someone who you want or look at as your leader. And so you look at your leader first. And that is why blame comes. You're wanting a leader to lead your country. And it's hard when you have someone who has not taken a press conference, I don't think, or his press conference has been pre-chosen of who he's going to talk to and what questions are going to be asked. That never happened under, I don't think, any other administration, at least in my time or under the car- to the Carter administration. 
So there's a problem with that, that you don't have the answers. And your press secretary is going to go round and round like a dog chasing its tail. And we're not getting answers that we need. You've also got the media not looking at or asking the questions that we need from Congress and Senate or however you put it. It's a three-party system. We no longer really know our civics and know how we have a three or three-part, you know, three pieces of the system. And that's why we have that balance. And go back to YouTube. And I always think conjunction, junction, what's your function? But yes, there are different things from, uh, what was it, Electric Company, to tell you, yes, we have We have a well-written document and well-written system and ideas that came through. And this is why America is what it is. And we have to work at being America. And yes, I guess if I we guess. all come in together and like I said, social media has brought too much anger in so many ways and people need to follow their heart. Facebook, oh, I don't want to say that. Um, social media in general has created groups and people have less, yeah, gone to church and been face-to-face. -face. People will say things they would never say to a person face-to-face. -face. They feel empowered by social media at times. And so this is where we're at and you don't need an algorithm you need to be out walking and you need to pe meet people face to face currently i'm in savannah i'm downtown it's like europe i'm in a walking culture i'm able to greet people meet people and smile and be face to face and also i haven't been lately but it's a pub culture as well or go to a cafe every day and the suburbs also you know, Eisenhower did it for a reason because we were worried about, you know, communism and whatnot. And so I understand it, but the interstate also hurt our small town. We got to rethink some things and hopefully things will change. But social media, you got to give yourself a timeout. You know, there is something on your computer or a phone or whatever you're on that, you know, can give you a timeout as well. Give yourself that timeout and call your friend. People are, it's called the, well, I'll say iPhone. I'll give them a, <laughs> a brand name. It's called the phone for a reason. Everyone's texting. Our grammar and everything else is gone. Don't do it. Call them. Write a letter. I've been writing letters and people love getting that letter. Have you thought about that? Uh, I, can't, I can't remember last time I, I, I wrote a letter. But, and people um, don't even know my curse. Well, people say my cursive is good, but the kiddos that I write to, they're like, some of them know and some of them don't. So their parents have to tell them what I wrote. So there you have it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm there too. Um, so what, what was it like working for National Public Radio? Uh, it's like any school or clique. You got your, uh, you know, your uh, 
you know, recess she got, you know, I don't know. It's the times have changed like anything else. It evolves. So what you're reading now, excuse me, what you're reading now uh, in the media is probably what is going on. They've had problems, things like that. The time I was there, it was a happy time. Uh, you know, any type newsroom. I used to follow this feed that was heard in the newsroom, which were fun little quotes and things that, yeah, I was like, yeah, I can see. Uh, I don't know. It's a changing time. I think it would be hard to get into and go back to. And I don't know if uh, it's, it's a thing that I would. My first job, uh, I'm here. I won't say kind of where I am. Uh, and even other places that I've talked to, I've been told, uh, I was a college professor for a while. I've been told, don't go back. It's It's been too much of a changing time that things aren't what they are. So, and it's just like, you know, radio has evolved into podcasting. The problem with podcasting is no one's on the road commuting to work. Everyone's working from home. And that's the other deal. We didn't talk about that yet. That people aren't socializing enough because they're working from home. So there you have it too is that about, yes uh, social media and anger and things like that and people being ooh, 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 you know <laughs> what, you know what about having a family reunion on zoom it would be nice to see people that are all over america at times i think some of your family would have trouble with the technology uh we've had too many we've had some family uh, gatherings it means more. My mother is a family from eight. All her siblings are still alive. And we've made a, well, I'm mostly, I'm kind of the middle of the, you know, spoke there, uh, made an effort to see everyone. The last or second to last time I was there, I actually uh, met my fourth cousin, who's a baby though, uh, in uh, Texas. So I think there is something to that social, we are humans that need that social interaction. So yes, you know, it is good to hear a voice and see that person. Um, my uh, doctor, he said, post COVID, we all need touch, but we need to be careful because I've had some interactions that have not been good lately uh, in meeting new people, but we all need touch and we all need that feel. And so there is something to that. So yes, psychologically, we need to get out still. But yes, Zoom is a good way to go. You still need, you still need to get out. Do you think that the uh, recent uh, uh, political unrest and economic uncertainty have, um, have drive people to where they are today? Like, you know, angry, sad, mixed emotions dealing with a lot of psychological trauma let's see well when you first brought that up i thought about uh last summer and the summer of uh well riots more they call it peaceful protest i uh, drove through kenosha and it looked like beirut of my times it looked like a war zone and it's sadly in a town that was, or a neighborhood that was uh, coming, just coming back. It was just coming back from being somewhat dissolute anyway. So they have to regroup. I was back in, now what are we going to say? 
I graduated in 93, so what, 92-ish when the Rodney King riots happened. I was in, so that happened. And then two, no, I moved to LA in 99. Los Angeles still looked pretty bad. When I graduated in 2001, 2000, I came back in 2004 and it had totally changed and was amazing. So it takes time. It takes about 10 years for things to come back pretty much, I think. And so you're going to have, and especially because some of these people are still pushing and things like that, you're going to have a large and hard time economically having people want to come back. So I thought it was interesting since Detroit is already having a hard time economically that the police officer chief said, don't do it, don't come here. And so whatever growth they're on or path they're on will still stay on that path. They're not taking a step forward because there were no riots. Um, let me see, where am I going with this? Uh, I think that... Yeah, for me, it was sad with Kenosha. You're going to have to ask that question again. Sorry. Uh, the, the question was with um, the recent political unrest and economic stability. Okay. Does that have, and uh, does that have, what type of effect you believe that's have on, let's say, an individual or, or maybe a family? I don't think it did. What were you doing July 4th? At home. You were at home. Okay. So I think a lot of families didn't matter. They, with the mask mandates and everything that had been and being isolated so long, they did not want to do a Zoom call. They wanted to be with family or neighbors or someone else. They didn't care how much a hot dog cost. They were careful. They didn't have excess of food, but they were out. They may have crossed lines even by a firework, firecracker. I don't know. <laughs> but I think, yes, things were happening. And yes, we, I was hoping, and unfortunately it hasn't happened yet. And it's, I think where I am, people are out. Hospitality is out. I don't know how much they're tipping or what is being spent. But overall, people are flying into my town. People are doing definitely tourism things that um, my sister-in-law had said, possibly after COVID or maybe masks, that we would be kind of like prohibition and we'd be back into the roaring 20s. And that had totally been my hope. It hasn't been my hope yet. And I think it's uh, partially because of uh, social media and media in general. And I think hopefully, depending on your listeners and everything else, rethink that, get out, do just don't go, you know, hey, you know, but you see that a lot, you know, roaring 20s, you see that a lot with, you know, festivals and other things, you see festivals and things on social media, you see people out at concerts. So, I mean, you see, you're saying and trying to pull me in to say something about recession people are making or having a budget or doing something and saying no this has gone on too long i want my life back so i don't know if they're going into debt 
they're budgeting or they're just saying, I got to do something. I've been on lockdown too long and I'm moving forward. A lot of them have probably lost family or friends or somebody else and they can't do it anymore. They've got to find where their path takes them at this point. So despite the high prices, you know, of everything, you mean that people are willing to, you know, go out to a concert or go out to, you know, or go on vacation. So knowing that we're dealing with got high gas prices, high food prices and high utility prices, you mean people are still willing to, people are still willing to spend money despite that? In my town, I've seen, yeah, and Southwest moved into my town mm, a year and a half ago. It's raised and changed everything. You used to have to uh, go to another town, um, two towns to fly into. You had to fly two and a half or an hour and a half. And so we were kind of the bastard child of hospitality because they take a day trip. Uh, to see our town and now uh, we're getting more uh, I call them hand parties but they're bachelorette parties and things coming into town staying at Airbnbs staying at hotels doing everything the Airbnb is changing hospitality though because which I don't understand why if you're in a town you should want the experience of the town they're buying food and staying in the Airbnb so it's like what you could do that I mean I had a friend way back that his buddy was like well I'm having a boys thing you know come to Ibiza and you had to fly and it was hard to drive to Ibiza and Nate was like we could do this in you know West Palm Beach or whatever so I mean there are ideas for changing up things but people are still taking vacations and doing things there may be different ways to regroup and do things. So, yeah. yes, there are ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I just have two more questions. What mm -hmm. advice do you give to someone who is, like, overwhelmed with, with this uh, inflation thing? What advice will you give to people? Early on, uh, which I kind of did, but I have a very small pantry. Early on, um, a woman... Uh, who used to be on Shark Tank, who, uh, the blonde woman, I don't know her name, she said with your stimulus uh, check, because she kind of saw the, excuse me, uh, the uh, recession or in inflation, excuse me, coming by as, mu as much canned go goods as you can, definitely buy uh, general products instead of your, you know, you know, uh, regular products, name products, if you can, if you like them, definitely, which I do. I've found some that I really like. Uh, use your coupons for sure. Do your research, things of that nature. Even going out, but still, please tip your wait staff because they need it. Do the math and do that. Um, I would say too. I've talked to a number of wait staff. 
don't snap at them or be mean. <laughs> Please don't do that. <laughs> I have too many friends in the industry. Um, also, in my opinion, you can't do it uh, with mileage and stuff. But uh, yeah, you know, you keep pushing gas. Uh, I think we're just going to have to wait to November to see what's going to happen and see how there's so many things that have happened with executive orders. We're going to have to see with the other branch of government what can happen and what will be pushed back birth uh, with another branch of uh uh, excuse me, of government. So it should be an interesting ride in the next two and a half years. Okay. Uh, how how well how how can someone uh, how can someone reach you? I know you have a podcast and everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right now, well, my website is audiochick without the k dot net. And then you can click through to a couple links. My podcast is Traveling Down the Delta Blues Highway. And it's on Apple and Spotify and some other places. Um, you can find me on Instagram at the same hashtag or, you know, talk Adio Chick without the K and Twitter. There you go. I'm Aaron Scott. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, you definitely put a spin on this topic, mm -hmm. and that's what we like. You know, uh, you know, we heard the same song and dance about you know particular topics all the time. You know, but you know, every now and again, we get a person that comes on and put a nice personal spin, you know, on the topic, uh, something that people are able to re relate to you know, and that's what get people to listen, so, and watch, so really appreciate that, and for you to take the time to uh, come on here and be a guest. Appreciate right. it, and we're going to end it here. Uh, thank you so much for uh, tuning in. We got another great broadcast next Saturday at 3.30 Eastern Time, 2.30 mm -hmm. Central, so please join in. And as always, we always have a personal spin on, on, uh, on a topic that's making news headlines. So we just not only getting what uh, we hear from the media, but we also, you know, our guests, they tend to put their own personal, you know, spin on it so that, you know, whatever is being said about that topic, people will be able to relate to so you don't get a lot of that in mainstream media so that's why it's one of the reasons why we're here because we give people an opportunity to do that and so that's what this particular podcast is all about so Aaron thank you so much for being on the show today and thank you. all you listeners and viewers out there thank you for being a part of this presentation and I hope you all have a great afternoon Hope y'all learned something new today. Have a good one. Mm -hmm.
Audio Jungle. expressed on this program are those of the guests and not necessarily the views of management and staff of OBS Radio, OBS International, and Greater Works Business Services. Guests who appear on this podcast are not required to pay a fee and is made possible by RadioGuestList.com. For more information, please visit our website at www.obsintl.cf. Follow OBS on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash broadcast section. If you want to contribute financially to help us continue broadcasting, please go to paypal.me.obsintl. Thanks for tuning in. We will see you next time. This is a presentation of OBS News, which is responsible for the guests and comments. This is OBS Radio, a service of OBS International a division of Greater Works Business Services.